Welcome to Transmission, a podcast about cyberpunk from a trans woman point of view. Hello, my name is Evelyn. You may know me from my blog online, uh, Le Chaudron Chromatique. So, as you know, maybe uh, English is my second language. French is my first language. I'm from Montreal. So, I have a special accent. I hope you will be able to understand me uh, well with that and also i'm a trans woman and so i'm working on my voice uh some trans women are comfortable uh without changing their voice for myself i prefer to feminize it a little bit uh, to be more comfortable so but i find it a little bit harder to do it in english so this must sound be weird if i sound weird a bit it's because of that i hope that uh, this won't deter from understanding what i'm going to say in my podcast so i'm trying that i'm going to try to make a podcast about cyberpunk's fiction so i want to talk about books comics movies and computer games also role-playing game uh, and i want to talk about these things from a trans woman point of view and from a queer point of view too so i will discuss a bit about trans representation in these mediums and how we can do it better <laughs> and I will also discuss uh, all of this in relation with role-playing games too because I know that a big portion of the people who follow me enjoy role-playing games and so yeah, I will try to make a connection between uh, what I'm reading or watching or playing uh, in relation with role-playing games like what we can use uh, in a role-playing game or what we can use as inspiration from this uh, kind of medias. Uh, so cyberpunk always always been a genre <laughs> that have interested me and fascinated me. Uh, I don't know, maybe I'm a bit of uh, eternal uh, Jiminy teenagers. Uh, I associate a lot the genre with uh, young people, young mar- marginalized people. Uh, who I can who, uh, find new use for technological device and that integrate this piece of technology into their uh, their, cult- their culture, their subcultures. So I like that a lot. And I feel like Cyberpunk is also a good place to project uh, gender diversity and many other kind of diversity. I for me cyberpunk is a genre that is interesting when the character is super diverse. This is not what we always see in the genre sadly. But uh, the sitting the the crossroad between science fiction and modern uh, world today like it's a good place to explore these things, I, I feel like. So, yeah, this, this mix with, between, uh, you know, I don't know, what was the five minutes in the, into the futures, uh, mixed with the uh, element of science fiction. And so, yeah. I also, I really love a uh, discussion about uh, posthumanity or about uh, uh, artificial intelligence. 
this is also something that we often see in, uh, in cyberpunk uh, fictions. So yeah, these are all things that I think that attract me very strongly towards cyberpunk. And I also want to talk about uh, the contact between cyberpunk and uh, trans people because there's a lot of... You sometimes in some fiction of cyberpunk, sometimes it's a bit negative, sometimes the, the fiction is ordering us, is using trans people as a marker to show that we are in the future now, it's edgy, trans people are there, they are everywhere, oh my god, and so there's this effect sometimes. So I want also to discuss about that, to, to call out something, but in a positive way to say, oh, maybe we can do this in a better way, if we, if you like. So, yes, so this is what I'm going to try to do with this podcast. Hopefully it will be interesting. I don't know how many episodes I will record and we will see. So, But there's a lot of things to talk about because there's a lot of movies, of comics and games. And so, yeah, I think... There's a potential to make a lot of uh, episodes. Okay, let's try this first episode. So, for my first episode, I will talk about 2064 Read Only Memories, a computer game that is also available on some consoles. It was published uh, five years ago and it was published and developed by Midboss. I will first read you the intro blur. So, it's 2064 Read On Me Memories is a cyberpunk thriller that explores the social challenge of tomorrow through classic adventure gaming. A journalist turned detective team up with Turing, the world's first sapient machine, to unmask a conspiracy that will shake the foundation of Neo San Francisco. I will first read you the intro blur. So it's 2064 Read On Me Memories is a cyberpunk thriller that explores the social challenge of tomorrow through classic adventure gaming. A journalist turned detective team up with Turing, the world's first sapient machine, to unmask a conspiracy that will shake the foundation of Neo San Francisco. So the gameplay is pretty simple. It kind of tried to imitate all computer games. Uh, I guess from the 90s, uh, especially the point-and-click genre, but the gameplay is not really point-and-click. I mean that you can interact with items in a scene and you receive additional information of the, on the items, but this is just a way to tell the stories through the description of the items. But uh, the gameplay is not about uh, like a point-and-click of uh, combining item together is then constantly trying to use every item on every things and you don't get stuck like you often do in point and clicks so the gameplay is pretty fluid uh, you move from a scene to another in each scene uh, you have some uh, items or characters to interact with and you have dialogues and you collect some items, but not much. There's some tiny bit of puzzle, but they are very rare. So there's that. And the gameplay is okay. So it's just a mean to tell a story through interaction. 
uh, and through descriptions and dialogues. Uh, so it's fine. There's an attempt at doing some more interactive gameplays. There's two scenes uh, like that. One is navigating a labyrinth and the other is the same thing. Um, navigating a labyrinth while trying to avoid a dangerous character. And both are painful to play through because the, the, the game design is not built to let you navigate a 3D space and now suddenly the game asks you to do that and it is not made for that. So this is, I found these two sequences uh, very frustrating to pass through uh, and the main thing is that through this, against this sequential gameplays there's dialogue in them. So if you fail and you need to restart the sequence, you need to pass through the same dialogue again and again. And this is really annoying. The, the second <laughs> sequence like that nearly got me to quit the game, just to say. But I've persevered and I was able to, to pass through it. And after that, the game uh, return to its uh, original gameplay and it's fluid again and it's interesting again to, to play with uh, so there's that so i don't think that the main interest of the game is the gameplay it's it's three really more the stories and the the setting that you are exploring the character you are interacting with these are the main elements there's also the pixel art the pixel art is really nice in that game it's uh, nothing uh, new or amazing but it worked well and it has a nice cartoonist style cartoonistic style mixed with the cyberpunk aesthetic and yeah that that was nice i i appreciate the the, the pixel art was 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 really nice too so uh, next i will talk about the themes explored in the game the theme are pretty cyberpunky the first one is about artificial intelligence and self-determination instance pretty classic cyberpunk stuff there's also a theme about uh, transhumanism in the setting you have uh, and people that are called hybrids. There are people, uh, human people, who receive gene from different animals, and so they are kind of placeholder for trans people or for queer people, in a sense, uh, because they do a transition. Uh, so they, they receive uh, these uh, animal genes, and they go through a process of transitioning. Uh, from uh, human to hybrids and they have their own community their own uh, codes and stuff and they are discriminated against by uh, anti-hybrid people uh, so yeah this, this is also kind of a classic cyberpunk theme of exploring a marginalized community of characters sometimes they are in some setting it's augmented people there it's uh you have the hybrids but you also have the augmented people yes yeah, some character with cyberware mentioned that when the haters way will be down with the hybrids they will come for them next so they're 
there's some solidarity between uh, cyborg and hybrids in the setting. That, that was an interesting touch. Uh, is it is it a good exploration? Is it a good of these things? And uh, I don't know. It's a metaphor, so I think that metaphors are limited uh, because sometimes they work, but sometimes they follow their own logic. So there's some moment where the metaphor is an exact metaphor for trans people, but sometimes the metaphor follow its own logic and it's about the reality of this hybrid character with different gene and them being going to the gene clinics and stuff like that. So there's so you cannot say that they are always the metaphor of trans people or of other minorities. What I would have liked in the game is if there was a character that clearly identifies as a trans character that discuss with an hybrid character to have the <laughs> the, the metaphor character exchange with the real life uh, character. Uh, well, it's from a, a real uh, community minority or so I think this would have been interesting there's maybe a character with strands in the in the castle character but it's not clear it's not it's not uh, something that is explored by the game really uh, so yeah but overall I, I thought it was okay there's nothing that offended me with the hybrids uh, except maybe the attitude of one of the characters, but I will talk uh, about this uh, when I talk about characters. Uh, so yes, and as usual in Cyberpunk's fiction, you have also the theme of information, or information is shared, or information is controlled, and all can be free. <laughs> so there's always this theme. Uh, overall, yeah, the team were, were nice to explore. Uh, even if the team of the AI is a bit old and overexplored, I, I doubt that the character of Chewing through which you explore the team was refreshing enough to be fun to interact with. So, speaking of the characters, I will go through all of them a tiny bit. <laughs> This character you encounter is uh, your own character in a sense. So your character is a neutral point of view character. Uh, you don't know much about them except that they are a journalist, that they've done investigation journalists before. And that's pretty it. Uh, one character uh, say that your character is a sister. There's that, but you 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 don't know much about her or about your relationship with her. And when you encounter the AI character Turing, uh, Turing asks you to make a profile in their system, and to do so, they ask you to give a name to your character to state your name, and they ask you the, your pronouns. So this was a nice touch. Uh, you have a section of different pronouns and. Even if the game don't uh, do a voiceover of your character name, the, the voiceover actor do the different pronouns. Uh, I've noticed that. So, so this is this is nice. 
and yeah so your character lets you imagine them as you wish it's really just a, a way to enter and to interact with the fiction and uh, they don't really have story arc uh, yeah but uh, it worked it worked well it was just enough i think it, not too much personalization but kind of neutral in a way but maybe you could have more personal choice i don't know but i i found it uh practical let's say that uh so the character of turing is one of the main interesting character that you interact with is the they are a little robot uh and they come to you to ask for your help to find back uh, their creator that this has their father and so you investigate with Turing and you interact a lot with Turing. Turing talk a lot. Uh, they, they give a lot of, of information about everything. So uh, it's a bit annoying sometimes because you need to, to pass through a lot of dialogue with that. But this makes so much sense. It's rem it reminds me of uh, the second movie of Ghost in the Shell. Uh, because in that movie, the character were quoting a lot of information like and uh, quoting citation and they were giving the information on different aspects of the setting but these characters all have augmented cyber brains so for them it's like being connected to wikipedia directly connected to it so i was like yeah if somebody's connected to wikipedia and i've access to this data bank all the time they will quote everything <laughs> they will make connection with all kind of thing and they will give you all <laughs> always <laughs> too much information so Turing is a bit like that doing have access to uh, the general database of the internet and so they give you a lot of data points but again kind of explore that a bit there's some discussion with Turing about that and all Turing store information uh, and versus all the access the information on the network. So that, that was that was kind of interesting. And Turing have a nice journey in about self-determination, also about handling uh, their own emotions. So at first Turing it's a bit like a magic pixie girl, like is there it always uh it's always happy, it's always kind of positive and trying to motivate you to take care of you. But at some point, Turing stopped that and I feeling of it of their own and the 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 kind of become a bit selfish at some point and this this was well explored, I tell. Uh, and what else oh yes there's a also the theme of mornings uh losing your parent it was well explored too uh, with the character of turing and yeah so well turing was a really nice character well developed uh artificial intelligence he was the turing was believable i doubt i mean the way Turing thing is very human-like, but not totally. It, did you see that they are an AI construct too? So 
and there's a soul reflection about that uh, through the game like there was the first version of Turing that were that the the creator tau uh, she was too manipulative was too trying to please him and uh, he disconnection disconnected her uh, that AI because of that because he wanted to make an AI that no don't try to manipulate people in a sense so the this was all this, there was a lot of reflection and interesting uh theme explored with that character of Turing uh yeah and you grew attached to them also nice a nice touch is that as a robot <laughs> at first uh, you cannot join them as a boy as, with him, but at some point of the story, Turing realized, wait a minute, why everybody's gendering me like a boy? I, I don't, I'm not really a boy. I don't really have a gender, and so you switch to gender neutral uh, pronoun with with Turing, and I thought this was uh, a nice touch. Uh, second character uh, <laughs> is uh, Tomcat. Tomcat is a hiker. Uh, Tomcat used they pronoun. They seem non-binary. It's not clear if they did a medical transition or just a social transition. But uh, yeah, Tomcat was a great character. Uh, I really liked him uh, as a kind of hiker with a positive attitude. Yeah. But also, his their personality was explored that it was not uh, always depicted in the same way there was also some different mood that Tomcat was passing through so yeah the Tomcat was a nice character but it but Tomcat was more like a side character that you don't explore that much but still a bit uh, yeah maybe Tomcat was my, my uh, favorite character uh, I think and there was a little character of Jess. So Jess is a hybrid. And I have some issue with Jess because she's pissed off. She has a lot of anger. And at first, when you interact with her, she turns you back. She screws you. She walks through you. She, she, she's very aggressive. And, she, and it's obvious that she's going... Of the trans character, and I, I thought this was a bit off-putting. I, I mean, because I mean, it's okay that she's angry and all that. It's just that you don't have the option to approach uh, Jess in a positive way. She will automatically react to you badly, and feel uh, unearned, like. <laughs> It can be frustrating and it can, I don't know, I, I was worried that some people will see her and hate her and kind of find annoying trans people in the same way, I don't know. Uh, but later in the game, she became more open toward your character. There's, but still, I, I thought, I thought this could have been better handled. Yeah. Uh, there's also Lexi. Lexi is the cop. She's your. She's the ex girlfriend of your sisters. 
uh, I thought that Lexi was kind of boring as a character and kind of hard to believe as a cop character. She's too positive, too good. She don't have a dark side. She don't. She never abused her powers. She tried to do good things. But at the same time, she did spoilers. She did the force, so this kind of makes sense in a way. But yeah, cops also kind of a trope of cyberpunk fiction. So yeah, it worked. But yeah, she was not the most interesting character in the game. And the last character uh, that I thought was interesting is Aiden. Aiden is the programmer that is created Turing, but you don't encounter Aiden because he's been kidnapped and later you discover that he's been dead. And, but you kind of learn of them through the different testimonies of different people. People have different uh, vision of him. And yeah, this is a classic uh way of exploring character that has been absent that is uh, that has disappeared and so you you explore them through the memories of all the other characters and this way you assemble who Aiden was and so yeah he was an interesting absent character I thought Okay, so these were the characters. Yeah, they, they are the main focus of the game. It's interacting with them, exploring the setting. And that is the main feature of the game. Right there. I think the, the game is really interesting because of that original setting and these original character. Let's talk a little bit about this setting. The setting of uh, 2064 uh, take place in Neo San Francisco. Um, and is a mix of uh, classic cyberpunk trope and uh, awful, <laughs> an awful take on them. So uh, I've appreciated that the scene is not dark. It don't it don't have dark feeling. It's most of the scene are during. Uh, daylights during the afternoon or the morning uh, and there there's a lot of sunshine and there's not the constant heavy rain of <laughs> a lot of cyberpunk fiction that we see and and the character are joyful or colorful and are happy to interact with you most of them not all of them but it's yeah, overall, I, I got a hopeful and positive vibe from this from the thing. But at the same time, you as you explore it, you see a lot of uh, classic cyberpunk trope like the corporation who control information, uh, the private uh, cops. Uh, everything is privatized and. There's just some discrimination against the hybrid, uh, against cyber augmented people. There's stuff like that, but it's it's explored through a sense of community. Community, like the you, yeah, you feel that all these characters are interconnected and they are part of a community, and yeah, that they are trying to help each other's and they are not selfish 
so this in a sense this is not something we usually see in cyberpunk fiction usually usually in cyberpunk fiction characters are kind of selfish oil boy uh gritty they're they're yeah they are they are hard to connect with to approach you know they, they don't open themselves easily and this is what i, I enjoy in uh, new york san francisco is that the character uh are more open are more are more hopeful and are more interconnected with each others and yeah this this was uh this was a nice take on a classic cyberpunk setting and i think this is a good setting to use in a role-playing game i will use something similar like I won't say it's Fallout Punks because the focus is not on positive engineering and uh, solution solving on that on a technical level to make a better society. The society is still problematic. There's still issues in their society in the sitting. There's poverty. There's, there's it's not all bright and sunshine but the character who are in these bad situation or difficult situation let's say uh, are, are are a bit helpful they are not all disabused <laughs> uh, and yeah so this was refreshing refreshing i thought that to see that the character are not all jaded and uh, hard boy <laughs> yeah so yeah i i enjoyed that aspect of the sitting that there's still hope even if it's a cyberpunk sitting so yeah maybe we take something from that and, and try to explore that in a role-playing game to give it a try if you want to explore uh cyberpunk sitting it's not grim dark <laughs> not all glooms and depression but it's also kind of hopeful but still being a cyberpunk sitting with uh, very problematic economic uh, disparities so yeah so what can we use from that game into our role-playing games and uh, to bring it at the game table uh, okay this is uh, some thought I had about the gameplay I don't I mean it's not <laughs> not that interesting but i thought that the way the game tells the story and provide information often is when you interact with an item and you observe the item and you receive some setting information or some colors information some stuff like that so i thought that maybe we could have a role-playing game <laughs> that kind of used that that uh, in a, to describe a slime and you you place some uh, items and stuff and when a player interact with this i this item uh, you can provide them some extra colorful information on the setting or ask them, or better <laughs> ask them question about that like. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if the character take a 
city guys and you ask them did you listen to the city before or did have you seen an ad about this who, who did you know who liked that music before some stuff like that and so the character can make their own internal dialogue about the item they manipulate and they observe um, the 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 challenge i think it will be to make the players interact with the item because usually when you describe thing uh the player just think you're ridiculous <laughs> and so it's it's not all the player who like to interact with what you describe uh even in the dungeons <laughs> a game about dungeon crawling uh you just describe a room and it's not all the player that will ask you more information that will that will proceed to probe the game master like uh, how's the table uh, what is on the table uh, what kind of wood is it my i don't know <laughs> this kind of information to try to probe the gm to find traps or treasure or hints or clues but if you use that in a game where the game's not about finding traps and treasures so will the will the player will it take the time to interact with the items that are in the scene uh, i don't know but i think it, it could be a technique that can be used sometime maybe not all the time because i guess it can be repetitive but yeah you can you can put some stuff in your scene hoping that the player will interact with them and when they interact with them ask them question about them or i mean use the item as a prompt to ask a personal question or question about the setting uh, yeah maybe maybe it's a it's a technique that can be used it's uh it's it's the only bit of gameplay that i can i think that we can use uh, from that game it kind of reminds me too of uh, life is strange life is strange do that a lot but a lot of games do that but you know that you look at when the character look at something they they do an internal monologue and they say something interesting about how they relate with that item or the question sometimes the joke sometimes just a comment it's yeah so maybe maybe we can use that in a role-playing game. I don't know. It's it's the uh, it's maybe something to experiment with. <laughs> and the other thing that we that I think we can easily use in a role-playing game is the setting. Uh, so yeah, I think we don't often see a cyberpunk setting that has a no full vibe in it. This is something I'm trying to explore a bit in in my own cyberpunk game that I'm working on. But in my my game is still darker than Neo San Francisco. I mean it's raining all the time. <laughs> it's more gloomy. But I'm trying to keep that sense of community that the that the character that you encounters are part of a community and are trying their best to make this community better or functional or to they, they are not antisocial they are not all closed and old boys so yeah so i think this is an important part of cyberpunk genre i think that need to be more explored to have these 
character would care about each other's and who, who are like I said, they are living through difficult situation uh, because of the mega preparation and everything. The, the setting is not uh, a positive setting overall. It's a difficult one, but the character in them are not uh, all grind by the gears of the corporations. They they still try to be to live their life and. To, to be cheerful and to to have fun and yeah so I think it's something that we can use in an interesting way when we play a cyberpunk game to to keep that in mind to keep that the the people we encounter uh, are part of different communities and have their own social network and they care about their thing. And they can care also a lot of the character they, if the character don't treat them like shit. <laughs> so yeah, um, and yeah, the the tone of the setting with there's a contrast interesting between that sunlight San Francisco cyberpunk city and the way everything is privatized and everything is owned by corporation. So yeah, there's also this this uh, contrast between that life life seemed to be okay and but as you dig deeper you see that there's a lot of injustice there's a lot of things in the system that create poverty that work against the people so yeah there there's that too that is interesting i think for for a cyberpunk uh, setting and if we go on a if we, if we look at how the game organize uh, its setting the you have a map so you have an overall map and you have different location and each location has its own set of npcs and item and teams some NPC will move from a location to another, but not much. So I guess it's also something that we can use in our role-playing game to have a specific location that the character interact with that are about a team that have the onset of characters. But this is something that we already do, I think. So it's not something super new but maybe something that is worth to think again about and maybe you can use it in a better way in a role-playing game so there's that that i can see that we can use uh, at our game table uh, somebody could even take this the setting of new san francisco from uh, 2064 and directly use it to play a role-playing game it's uh, an interesting and rich setting uh, the hybrids are interesting the way the corporation work the way the privatization might happen the way the rums the all the little robots uh, are working and have access to uh, the equivalent of the internet it's also interesting. So there's a lot of interesting stuff to explore in open game, I think, and that's the thing of uh, New San Francisco, and it, it's worth it. If I look at the game from a transforming point of view, uh, 
I've enjoyed the representation in the game. There was diverse character and there was diverse gender identity uh, presented through the game. So this was nice. Uh, the only thing that I would like to see it, like I said, it maybe was the hybrid community interacting with the transgender community. I think this would have been interesting to see uh, how these two communities relate with each other and to see the character of this community interact a bit together. Yeah, I thought that the representation of gender identities uh, was, was one of the interesting features of that game that it had diverse representation and positive representation. Uh, for a Starpoint game, is it kind of rare, maybe? Uh, but yeah, I think this was one of the main appeal of the game is to explore Starpoint setting with a positive uh, representation. And overall, I think it succeeded. It's it's not perfect. Uh, I mean, nothing is <laughs> it's super perfect. Uh, but yeah, I've enjoyed it. Maybe the only thing that could have been more interesting is if there was a way to make your point of view character as part of a community or to make their gender more uh, relevant. But then again, uh, it's hard to make all the options you have in the beginning uh, meaningful, so I understand why they did it like that. Why your character, even if, if your character have a gender identity, like if they are non-binaries or trans or something like that, you don't feel that they are part of a community or that their gender identity is relevant to the discussion or to the interaction with the other characters so this makes your character kind of feel of an outsider a bit but this is how the game was built this is part of the limitation uh, of the the game uh, itself so yeah but it was okay overall i think yeah and sometimes it's better to have a blank state character that you can project yourself into. Uh, yeah. So overall, I was pretty satisfied with the representation in the game. Okay, that's all for this first episode. It's kind of a long episode. I don't know if it, it will be all long like that. I hope it was interesting. Even if this first one was not super about role-playing games. Uh, I will try to do some episodes directly about role-playing game. Like I want to talk about the uh, ritual punk, that's for sure. Uh, I want to talk about also other some small role-playing game that I have about uh, that are also in the cyberpunk genre. Uh, so yeah, I will, I will definitely talk about cyberpunk games more directly. I will also try to discuss maybe comics and movies, like I said in the beginning. Yeah, there's a lot to explore. I don't know if I will be able to produce an episode a week. I doubt it because, like I said, it's a bit harder for me to record an episode in English. Uh, so maybe once every two weeks. At worst, it will be once a month 
but who will see? Uh, sometimes I can get very productive, and sometimes I, uh, I'm not able to produce anything, so I'm, <laughs> I'm maybe not super constant, but uh, it's an experiment. Uh, I will see how it goes. So thank you everyone for listening, and see you at the next next episode <laughs> of transmissions <laughs> the theme are pretty cyberpunky the first one is about artificial intelligence and self-determination instance pretty classic cyberpunk stuff there's also a theme about uh, transhumanism there's uh, a category of people that use uh, genetic modification uh, to have some gene from different animal injected in them and so they are called hybrids in the game and there's some people who don't like them because they are not human anymore so there's some discrimination against them and the hybrids have also their own community so they, they are they reminded me a lot of the trans people community, but not exactly the, the same. So, but there's there the hybrids were an interesting way of exploring something uh, from uh, the queer community and the trans community because there there's the idea of the transition. The 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 hybrids start like. Uh, ordinary people, human, and they go to a process of gene uh, implementations and they become hybrids. So, so they do a transition. They are transhuman too, <laughs> but instead of, trans, of tra transitioning through the gender uh, spectrum, they, they transition through the species spectrum, if we can say that. So there's that. Uh, what else? Yeah, there's that. There's also naturally a lot of reflection about how information is shared, how information influences each others. There's that too. Um, and overall, the, the gameplay, uh, the game play through a mystery. So you explore mystery. Your character is the reporter, journalist. Uh, was doing investigation uh, journalists before but now they were kind of <laughs> not doing it anymore but since they the they are involved in that they become more like they were before they, they're starting to your character is starting to investigate again and you you are accompanying you are accompanying oh sorry uh, and there's a, an a NPC character it's called Turing is the small robot, an AI. At first you you gender him uh, on the mask as as a boy kind of is the I think I don't know maybe it's the other characters but not your character I don't remember quite well. But later in the games uh, Turing not not just realized that people default to him uh, as a boy and is not certain if he's really a boy and so he switched to gender neutral uh, pronouns that was nice and your character also uh, it's up to you which pronouns they use 
So at the beginning of the game, Turing asks you to make a profile into his systems. And Turing asks you to determine uh, your name and your uh, pronouns. So you have a list of different pronouns. Uh, so I thought this was a nice touch. And the pronouns of all 10 include the dialogue, even if I don't know if the, the character never, the voice actor, I mean, never use your, your first name because naturally they cannot put out the first name possible. But I think that they use the right pronouns uh, in the dialogues when the, they are voiceover, uh, we read them. So that was a nice touch. And the character of Turing, the small robot, is very nice, he's friendly, he talks a lot, <laughs> he gives you too much information, but I like this because this is how I figured that uh, uh, artificial intelligence that I've access to a, a big data banks will all be always a trivial information or always I have too much information to share uh, so yeah this was this was a, a good touch uh, it reminded me also in the, the second movie of Ghost in the Shell uh, the one with a lot of computer animation in it I think uh, the characters quote all the time <laughs> they give a lot of exposition information and quotes and that but they are they all have augmented cyber brain so it's like if they are always connected to wikipedia so <laughs> i think this is normal that somebody with with a constant direct access to a data bank will <laughs> we provide quotes and extra details on everything it's side effect of having a cyber brain, maybe. Uh, 